Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're listening to The Sane Show, the show about nothing and everything. I'm your host, Cliff, and today I have with us smooth jazz guitarist, producer, and songwriter, Gary Purcell. How are you doing this afternoon, Gary? Hey, I'm doing great, Cliff. Thank you for having me, man, on The Sane Show. I appreciate you coming on and taking time out of your schedule to join me this afternoon. I'm super excited. Like I told you before, the recording of the smooth jazz is one of my, is, is my favorite genre. Sorry, not one of them. It is my favorite genre. Oh man. Um, Happy to hear that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So really quick, before I introduce the topics, I want to take a moment to quickly acknowledge our listeners. I want to acknowledge everybody for continuing to listen and share, like, subscribe, everybody around the world and all seven continents. Uh, thank you again for continuing to show your support for the same show. And if you are listening and haven't done so already, be sure to follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at sane underscore show, S-A-N-E underscore show. Again, that's sane underscore show, S-A-N-E. And then you can find us on Facebook at the same show. Again, on Facebook, that's the same show. So we're going to go ahead and introduce our topics. The first topic we're going to talk about is smooth jazz. Excited about that one. Highly anticipated one. And then we're going to talk about how music appreciation varies by the different generations. That's also going to make for a good conversation as well. Following that discussion, we'll have our interview with Gary so that you guys can learn about him, the things he's got going on, and also his music career. So I'm excited for you guys to get to learn about him and that new single that he's got out as well. So let's go ahead and hop right into it with smooth jazz. So again, we as I always talk to my guests about, you know, where I'm coming from with the recording or with the topics on the recording. And one of the things I was mentioning to you is like how smooth jazz is a unique genre. Yeah. And go ahead. Well, it's definitely a unique genre. This day and time, you hear a lot about grown and sexy <laughs> yes. and uh, grown and sexy music. All that kind of puts you into the smooth jazz side. And mm-hmm. uh, smooth jazz is just a, a, a great genre of music because you don't hear a lot of uh, crazy stuff that goes on there, if I can say that. Uh, it's, it's about people coming together and, and just sharing this love of music. Uh, that started way, way back from generations and generations. Uh, we have this marriage between uh, jazz and R&B. And, and those R&B babies from the early years on, they've gotten older now. And so, right. and that now smooth jazz has come in and jazz flavor over top of some great R&B kind of rhythms and beats and, and things of that nature. And uh, it's just a great mix now. Of, of this wonderful sound that is now smooth jazz. I agree. I, I really do agree. I, and I think one of the things that's that makes the genre so interesting is how broad it is. Yes, of course. It's especially. It, it, go ahead. It, it is. It's very broad, and cause you can get a flavor. You listen to smooth jazz. You could be listening to one particular a radio station that's that is a smooth jazz station. You will hear a very wide mix of different. Uh, layers of smooth jazz. If I if I will, you can hear some stuff that's maybe something that someone has laid, uh, laced with some Miles Davis fields, but also uh, they have used some new age uh, R&B kind of fields behind that. 
and putting that together, it, it comes over with something that is very unique. So it ties some of the old, even with some of the new. I agree. And one of my, one, one of my favorite things as well, when looking at the genre is I, I like to think of it as far as like the different artists and the variations of instruments mm-hmm. that they use like yourself honest and it's crazy how this is all happening not only is smooth jazz my favorite genre but yeah. my favorite artists are the guitarists oh so, wow thank you yeah. man thank you i appreciate that <laughs> yeah so <laughs> what a coincidence cool that you're on my podcast yeah. and we're talking yeah. about all of this yeah <laughs> um i take great pride too in being able to name like so many artists off the top of my head and the different instruments that they each play, you know, from guitars to the saxophone mm-hmm. to you know, the trumpet and yeah. the piano. It's like, wow. and, and, and to see, to see what they can do. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's exciting, man. It, it really is, is it is that it doesn't discriminate with instrument, even it doesn't. Uh, uh, violinists into smooth yep. jazz you know they're yep. they're using the, using the violin now which was one time that was over in classical right and but now that instrument and those who have studied classical violin and now a uh, new generation has says well okay wow i can use that and uh, now they're expressing themselves over smooth jazz it is off the chain you know everything is and it's, gr- it's great to hear an instrument like the violin that is doing smooth jazz it's it just has no limits, man. It's great. It, it, it it's really. Great. <laughs> I'm really itching over here because it's that's how that's how exciting it is, yeah. and that's how it, much excitement it gives me. Especially one of the, like the coolest things is when you see different artists come together, like all these solo artists. I like how the solo artists they come together and they basically form a band, and they they make this really great. So I I say. One of the artists that's really good for that is like Dave Cos and oh, you know, yeah. like Eric Marenthal, Peter oh, White. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to get ahead to our ahead of ourselves when you mention Dave Cos. <laughs> I have a good friend. I'm not going to drop any names. <laughs> no, but I have a, I have a, <laughs> save it. I have a good. I have a good. I have a good friend that's that is working with Dave Cos right now. So, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh we'll my talk goodness. about this. We'll talk about that later. You know, he's a guitarist too, so I just give you okay. that hint. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was it was funny when I was putting this show together and I was looking over the topics and with smooth jazz, I went on to like Wikipedia. So I'm not going to sit here and say that it's 100 percent accurate. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I learned it said like in the 70s and the 80s, smooth jazz. I'm imagining I'm a 90s baby. But I'm imagining that's when it was in its youth and that yeah. from what I saw, it wasn't as well received as yeah. it is now. You are accurate about that. I remember back in the in the 80s because, well, you know, not trying to drop my age and things like that, but I'm a 60s <laughs> baby, I'm a 70s baby, I'm an 80s baby, I'm a 90s baby all the way up. So that's how <laughs> deep I am into this music thing and my love for it. But I remember there was a group and the group's name was uh, Pieces of a Dream. In that particular group, and I went to see a concert, uh, one of jazz greats, uh, saxophonists. I would look at what as one of the earlier pioneers of smooth jazz was Grover Washington Jr. 
Oh, although, yeah. Although yeah, he was he was a mainstream saxophonist as well, but but also he I look at him as the as the father or the grandfather of of smooth jazz. Uh, because there was a particular tune, and I can't remember exactly what 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 it was called, and the young band members that he had around him at that time, and I think that's what it was. It was that that energy of young band members that he had at that time, and his vision to play over top of some of what these young band members were doing in their grooves, and they came up with this wonderful groove. You just remember the song, like the song. If you look back at the song that Grover Washington had out of one of his signature tunes, was Mr. Magic. And if you listen to that particular song and listen to it through, oh, man, it's right up here now with smooth jazz. Man, I love Grover Washington. And I remember I, when I after learning or, yeah, learning about him, listening to his music and finding out how he went out. And as yeah. far as like his untimely passing, I, it was so saddening mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of the impact Absolutely. that he made to the genre and I was just like oh man if only he could see where it is today where it is today absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And, but it, it's so funny you talk about that those young band members and that use that sure. youthful energy because yes. that's mm-hmm. a lot of what I'm seeing especially when I I get a lot of my songs from uh, iHeartRadio Smooth Jazz mm-hmm. Station and mm-hmm. I love the fact that when I look up a lot of these songs and see these artists like mm-hmm. they're young people. A lot of these people yeah. are young people and it just brings a certain level of energy. And even like Tim Waters, his daughter, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kayla yes. Waters. Yes, I, I, I made the yeah. connection just mm-hmm. recently. I'm like, what? That's, That's crazy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just the passing of the torch, man. It's the passing yeah. of the generation. But, you know, and I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but, you know, that's that's what, what it's really about. I recently went to a, to a smooth jazz concert and some of my friends was performing on. And man, I was ecstatic when this keyboardist that came out and I didn't connect the dots. Uh, when you were mentioning about solo keyboardists and mm-hmm. he, he's an older gentleman now today. But as I remember before, he was one of those that was on the pioneering side with Grover Washington. Uh, and the keyboard is uh, one of those hit uh, hit songs that came out from that, that sprung okay. off of uh, Grover Washington. And I went up to talk with him and uh, he says, yeah, I, I was the keyboardist for Pieces of a Dream, which he still is part of Pieces of a Dream now. Wow. wow. Generations, wow. man. And now you got younger generations that are looking at him and seeing that uh, uh, Mr. Washington will be uh, very happy if he was still here with us today to see yeah. The, the fruits of his labor. Yeah, exactly. All right, now we're going to get into the second topic, how music appreciation okay. varies by generation. So we kind of touched on this again, not in early, we kind of touched on it in the, in the previous segment as well, as well as yeah. in the, prior to the recording. But, you know, that's one of the things I constantly look at, like the guy that made DJ Cool, that made Let Me Clear My Throat. Yeah. I had him on episodes ago, but it was kind of the conversation we were having in terms of hip hop and how Mm -hmm. there's a there's obviously generational differences. But then taking looking back at how old school hip hop has affected new school hip hop and rap, Mm -hmm. but in music in general. You can see the differences all across all genres and 
because when I think about my generation, I think sometimes we focus on different things versus generations before us. I don't want to sit here and say who's right and who's wrong, but being able to look at certain aspects of a song, I like to say our generation probably gets a lot of flack for putting a lot of, (laughs) putting a lot (laughs) into production, the actual, the instrumentals and, and which I can agree to an extent, especially when I guess the lyrics don't support whatever it is you mm-hmm. your values are and, and which that's why i think genres like smooth jazz are unique because you can you can find songs that are just as good that have no lyrics and wow. it's just yeah. all it's just all sound and production oh, it's just you can jam yeah. out the stuff like that but you see where i'm coming from as far as like the different the how appreciation of music varies it does appreciation of music varies by generations a case in point, I have a friend that is now presently performing with and playing with a mainstay R&B group right now, a Grammy Award winning one. And the music is still strong and the following is still as strong as it was over 30, 40 years ago. Those wow. same songs that was recorded, there were number one songs or chart songs over 30 years ago is still as strong today, even when it's performed by that one particular artist that I'm speaking about, and they're packing out arenas all across the United States and other portions of the world. And it's just that appreciation of some generations. It's that they appreciate the music. And uh, and if I can say this, is that what I try to do with some of the younger musicians and, and striving musicians out of my area, they come by my recording studio and we sit around and we talk a lot of times about different things when they come in to record. I take the opportunity to kind of let them know about the history of music. And in some cases, I try to help them to understand is that when you begin to write a song, think about longevity uh, when you're writing a song, because now uh, we're in the area of, you know, I want it my way. I want to have it like I want to have it. And I want it now. No, I wanted it yesterday. And so a lot of times uh, we would get into situations where uh, a lot of young musicians and and some of them would write songs just based on the moment and not really thinking about, you know, longevity down the line. And, and it comes from, you know, what you put in. I often look at it like uh, baking a cake, you know, or pie. The bottom line is that if you want a good cake when it comes out of the oven or a good right. pie when it comes out of the oven, you got to put in some good in- ingredients. Right. You know? <laughs> and so, therefore, if you want a good cake, Put in some good degrees, and it's going to take some time. <laughs> you know, that's right. why grandmama's, grandmama's cakes and pies taste good, because she baked them and she put them together with the ingredients with some love, you know? Exactly. And, and so music is the same way, is that if you put the ingredients in, those ingredients that you put in is based on love, and that when you create that song, that when it's heard, that same love ingredient that you put in it when, when you were baking that song, it mm-hmm. comes out. And other people hear it and when and they can taste it and it becomes long longevity i really yeah. agree you make me think about michael jackson right yeah yeah especially in it's crazy how much his music is sampled and how yeah. many covers are made especially like in the smooth jazz genre like mm-hmm. the, the, it's crazy how many people do samples of his songs especially with human nature I'm yeah right. oh, yeah 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 and yeah. And just thinking about like the the impact that he's had on every single genre, and I know one of the things I think about is is so I'm so I'm so glad that you mentioned 
music history because one of the things being in I was, you know, I've gotten to see Michael Jackson a little, not yeah. actually in person, but, you know, just growing up and him yeah. seeing him still being alive and uh, his music being a little bit more, I guess, out there than it is today. And, you know, I think about the generation that come, that's coming up after mine and just like, yeah, are they going to know Michael Jackson mm. like we know Michael Jackson mm. <laughs> and <laughs> his impact on Music. Wow, you you feel me like yes. that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yes, yeah. So that's the, those are kind of things I think about because you really got to understand these people. They, yeah, they're not with us anymore, and they're not making any more music. But yeah, take and understand what is what's here, mm-hmm. and how it's impacting what people are doing right now. That yeah. kind of stuff. Right. Uh, <laughs> so. Because even it's like like you say even with even with jazz you know, think yeah. about that uh, I know my favorite group is the Rippingtons. Oh and, yeah, yeah, great you know, group. I listen to them. Yeah, man, I I, I, I like you, man. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, but just seeing some of the people that they have, or some of the other artists that they have touched, and mm-hmm. or that one of the things I've noticed that a lot of people have been a part of the group for. Maybe at a short stint, but went off, did their own thing. and But yeah. you can still feel that in the music and how the, being a part of the Rippingtons has affected other people's career. So, you know, just those kinds of things. And it's just, it just always just leaves me in awe. Like, wow. It is, man. Music is a legacy, man. It, it, it is something. And I was just here in my studio talking to another young, young uh, musician. Actually, he's a hip hop artist, rap artist. And just sharing, talking about music, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, you know when you get up in age, you know when when cats start calling you unk, <laughs> then, <laughs> <laughs> then you know that you're seasoned. I look at it as you're seasoned. And uh, so, and we were just talking and discussing music and, and things of that nature, and, and that's a wonderful thing. I enjoy sharing what what little bit that God has blessed me with, and, and what I know mm-hmm. to a younger generation to help them connect the dots you know, to the past, which let them know this is how they got here. Uh, and the bottom line is that none of us in music got here on our own, that we stand on shoulders of, of others many generations before us. And that's right. the respect that we have to have. I don't even know how to follow that one. <laughs> oh, sorry. But you, you are, no, you're right about that. You, you, are, you are truly right about that. And from grades, what, four through 12, I was part of a choir, um, went attended an art school, and to hear someone like yourself say something like that 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 resonates with me deeply because, as a former musician, that I have that same level of appreciation and just how you look at it, I look at it just the same way. Okay, now we're going to go ahead and get into the interview. I highly anticipated interview. Uh, just, just, okay. just talking to you through the course of this show, you dropping some of the, the gems you've been dropping, and so mentioning ha- or not having mentioned that said artist's name, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for it all. So, uh, and I'm, I'm oh, ready man. to fire off with my questions. So, you know, I'm okay. going to definitely let the listeners get to learn more about you your music and all the different things that you have going on uh so to, to go ahead and kick things off how many instruments do you know how to play 
which is your favorite? I know you're a, ga- uh, you're a jazz guitarist, but yes. I know for some people, the, what they might use may not be their favorite. What, how many instruments and which is your favorite to play? Well, mainly I play guitar, okay. electric guitar, being a guitarist, electric guitar, and also acoustic guitar. This, you know, uh, the classical guitar with nylon strings or the steel string, acoustic guitar as well, but electric guitars. Also, I play bass, bass guitar as well, and, and just a bit of keys. And then on the okay. other side, I said a lot of people don't want to acknowledge that singers are musicians, but they are musicians and they also have an instrument and that is their voice. So I also uh, sing as well. You, know, you mentioned cool. that you have some choral background and so do <laughs> I. So, you know, I took chorus already through school, man. Yeah. That's cool stuff. I'm so glad you said that because I think people oftentimes forget that, that yes, forget that, yeah. singers are musicians as well because because of that reason, like I said, the, your vocals mm-hmm. and your singing ability is it's your instrument. an instrument. Mm-hmm. It is. Your voice. Mm-hmm. It is. Yep, that is true. And now you got me thinking of my, as a podcaster, <laughs> <laughs> using, my, using my voice. That's you, my your voice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take that and run with it. Um, with so how, how long have you, have you been in the, um, I like to say the entertainment business, not just the music business? Well, I would say around about 44 years. 44 years. I, I started out very young. My mother is a musician. She's a pianist. Of course, you know, she grew up in the church and played piano and, and learned piano. And so she played for a lot of church choirs in our area, area and a singing group too as well. Her and her sisters, all of my aunts, they had a group called the Powerful Sisters, which was a, a female gospel quartet. So she instilled in us very at a young age, you know, with instruments and singing. It's a lot of music in the home. I started out at a very early age into music, and it's, it has spanned about 44 years now. Really quick, who, who was that artist you were talking about earlier? The one you said <laughs> that your friend was working with? Oh, or, oh, you want me to drop that? <laughs> please. <laughs> I, 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 it came back to my mind I, I, before I forget. <laughs> okay. Only by your permission, I'll drop names. And uh, Frankie Beverly and Mays, his drummer that is with him right now, his name is Calvin Knapper, uh, which okay. is a good friend, friend of mine. We, we, we work together uh, studio-wise. And, mm-hmm. um, and when we get to the other part about the, uh, about the project, I'll explain that a little bit more. There's a lot of gems that I can drop there. It's amazing, you know, the conversations that Calvin and I uh, would have about the genre of music and longevity and that a lot of young musicians, uh, man, that I try to share with all the time. So Calvin and I talk about, you know, music and and the breakdown of it. And I won't go into too too much uh, detail about that. But yes, that's a good friend of mine that plays drums for Frankie Beverly Mays. All right. That's actually a perfect segue because I'm just ready to ask you, want you to tell the listeners about your new single, Every Time I Close My Eyes. You guys be sure to check it out. I know it's on Apple Music. I already downloaded it and listened yeah. to it. I like it, by the way. Uh, Thank you. So Thank you. if you could go ahead and just uh, tell the listeners about that and so give us some insight into you know the process, you know, put it together and everything related to it. The name of my new single is Every Time I Close My Eyes. It's an old baby face classic. Kenny Edmonds. I think he was originally recorded somewhere around the early 2000s or late 90s. I was l- looking for a song to 
to do and a song to cover at that point. And uh, I heard it through uh, some old material that I had. And I also heard it, another version that was done a little bit later on by another saxophonist. And um, I said, wow. So I did a little history on to see how many times it was covered, things of that nature, and had not been covered a lot, and especially not in smooth jazz. So I kind of fell in love with the song, basically, because I, I want to produce feel-good music. I want to f- produce music that really touched the soul of people. I want to uh, create music and for people to listen to that make them smile, that make them feel good and with their with their significant others or their loved ones or, or whoever they're with, you know, that they have love for. I want them to be able to, I want, I want my song to be a conduit, you know, uh, that they can listen yeah. to, that pulls them together, that make them feel good in that moment and not talking about tearing down and people apart. So it's basically about love, and that's pretty much what I'm um, mostly about. So every time I close my eyes, was the perfect song to do a smooth okay. version. Of I hope people will uh, love it when they hear it. They will. Okay. <laughs> I'm claiming that one for you. They will. <laughs> All right. What is it like recording, like actually recording? I, under, I understand playing the music, but actually recording that process as a smooth jazz artist, because when I think about music recording, oftentimes I'm looking at it from a artist with vocals. Right. So how does it work for an artist playing just instruments? Well, most smooth jazz artists, and we talked about a little bit in, in the early segments that we had. And matter of fact, you, you mentioned that, so I'm going to segue off of something that you kind of stepped on. And that is that a lot of different instrumentalists or musicians, whether they're a saxophone player or they're a trumpet player or trombone player or guitars or even a keyboardist. A lot of musicians are kind of dual. It is that uh, some of them are musically inclined that they actually can sing. They have some vocal skills about themselves, but the vocal skills is, is not their main instrument, but mm-hmm. their instrument is, is whatever they consider that they play. So uh, when we approach a song on the smooth jazz side, side and we, we, we sing with our instruments. And right. so when we sing with our instruments, we can touch the hearts of, of many people that actually hear it. For instance, every time I close my eyes, Babyface uh, sung the lyric on that song. I think it was Mariah Carey that was in the background on that particular song. So I wanted to to keep the background in and create with this wonderful uh, vocalist that I have on the recording that did the background vocals on the single. And so uh, having a little vocal skill. So I was singing in my head as I'm playing my instrument. And so that makes it come alive. If I can drop a nugget right here is that I I said to a lot of uh, young musicians that Although we learn the technical side of our instrument, I say, but we shouldn't play from our technical side, but we should play from our soul and from our heart. Mm. Because, because when we play from our soul and our heart, it is that that's what the listeners are listening with. They're not listening with their technical ears. They're listening with their soul and their heart. So we must play from our soul and our heart. And even when we record, record from our soul and our heart, we, we got all the technical stuff down. You know, we know the chord progressions and the runs and things of that, and the melodic runs and things of that. Uh, that's there. That's just the process to get there. But we all sh- we should always be playing from the soul, our soul and our hearts. Just close your eyes and play, man. That's what I say. <laughs> For you saying that, I, I just had this perception that artists take a piece of paper out and write down some notes and try to figure it out from there. 
I can kind of see it now because I, you know, people pick up the guitar and they get started with something and they play it and then because they like record it and then they like put the notes together or something. I, I was just always curious, like how that worked. So <laughs> I appreciate you yeah. giving me. Now that process works both ways. Uh, <laughs> you should always know what you're playing. <laughs> You should right. always you should always know what you're playing. But once you once you, you you've created the roadmap, technically with the notes and everything on paper, once you create the the, the roadmap, that you shouldn't always uh, keep your eyes on the roadmap, but you should know the roadmap and then play from your heart, play from your inner self. Because I truly believe is that music is all about a feeling, and it is all about that. And if if someone can't feel your music. And what's the purpose? I yeah. agree with that wholeheartedly. So really quick, before mm-hmm. I let you go, if you could tell the listeners where they can find your latest single and mm-hmm. let them know of any performances or anything that you have showing up, coming up, so that they know where they can find you and really can keep tabs on everything that you have going on. Yes. Well, I have a Facebook page, which is uh, Gary Purcell Artist page. Gary Purcell artist page that's on Facebook. And what I try to do with the with the Facebook site is to have updates on there, exactly where you can find the music, uh, where some performances are going to be, pretty much what I'm going to be doing. You can reach out and just chat if you like to, but Gary Purcell artist page, you can find a lot of information. Uh, we mentioned earlier that it was on iTunes. It's on iTunes. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify. You can find it on there too as well. All of the social media, and all of the music platforms, uh, you can find it there. So if you're looking for it, just Google, and uh, <laughs> and you can find any platform where where it's located. All right, thanks for that. And yeah. you guys heard them. We got a rewind button, and so if you need to and get all the information, definitely rewind yeah. and uh, catch it all. Go check out his music. Go follow him. If you got any questions for him or you want to learn a little bit more about him and his music, definitely go on social media. Hit him up. Again, his single, Every Time I Close My Eyes, is streaming everywhere. Again, go listen to it. It's a great song. You won't regret it. Um, Gary, thank you for taking time out of this beautiful day to sit down with me, talk to me and the listeners on the same show podcast. Really appreciate it. I really enjoyed you. Definitely got to have you back on in the future. <laughs> Cause it, it yeah, was definitely man. fun talking to you. Hey, no problem. Any, anytime Cliff to help me on the show, I would love to come on to share what little bit I have with you and the public. Just reach out yeah, to me anytime. I, I really appreciate that. Thank you again. With that being said, again, thank the listeners. Thank you all for listening. Continue to like, share, subscribe. Again, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Sane underscore show, S-A-N-E underscore show, and then the Sane show on Facebook. Feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions, want to learn any more about the episode, about the, the guests as well. With that being said, this is the Sane show, the show about nothing and everything. And until next time, we're out.